day. So every day we start fresh because we can't affect the past, but we damn sure can make a difference today. Welcome to episode 77 of Shop Talk. It's Carrie and Jennifer. And we are back to recap 513 of The Rookie and 113 of The Rookie Bet. Both of these episodes really showcase the ensemble cast that they have and were a nice change of pace. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that the episodes were good. Mm -hmm. Um, So we don't have much news. Just there's no new episode descriptions, but I'm sure that there will be as soon as we finish recording or drop this episode. Um, But 514 of The Rookie titled Death Sentence and 114 of The Rookie Feds titled The Offer will air next week. Promo photos for Rookie Feds 114 were released, and there's still none for the Rookie, which they've been coming out later anyway, so mm-hmm. I'm kind of not surprised. But, I mean, before we know it, we'll be getting the sneak peeks and all of that. So, okay. yeah. Um, and Eric and Roslyn released a new episode of their podcast, He Said Ayadiho. Uh, so be sure to check it out because it's absolutely hilarious as usual. And you never know what kind of, like, fun facts or spoilers <laughs> Eric will will share. Uh, that's right, yeah. yeah. He, uh, I don't even think that he really realizes that he doesn't until he's just, like, talking. And then he's like, well, yeah. shit. Like, I, have to <laughs> I assume, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's about it for the news. I mean, not much, but yeah. Um so do we just want to hop right on into the episode? Yeah, probably. We have quite a lot to talk about. Yes. Um, so we'll start off with the rookie. And honestly, like the fact that it was titled Daddy Cop and like it literally just has to do with the cold open. Like that's why yeah. it's titled that like cracks me up so much. <laughs> um, and so with that, the cold open was um, basically John and Selena were doing like a well routine traffic stop um but they literally like barely got like i don't know a few feet from the car to like do their usual routine and there was a garage band uh singing a song and the well the singer was xander holly um and he wrote the song uh called daddy cop (laughs) and in this instance it's referring to nolan which i mean no surprise there right. really but it was just funny that like selena was singing along to it it Bye. was funny as like nolan kept walking up and as but, he's walking up the garage just like continues to shut yeah it was so funny i was like wow they are so determined like on both sides <laughs> yeah at yeah. first i thought that cold open was kind of like I don't know I was just like okay there's been better ones but as it just kept going on I was like this is a good one because it wasn't like like fast-paced music or anything it was like a kind of a slower-ish song so it was Mm -hmm. funny yeah definitely yeah and I mean it was like just the more I heard like Lisette sing it like later on the episode she'll sing it it just like it got it stuck in my head a little bit yeah why um so yeah it was fun but um, we'll kind of start off with the heat wave and blackout because those went hand in hand yeah. uh, in this episode. And I thought it was nice that we got a roll call scene like we hadn't had, um, a, well, the majority of the group, I should say, 
in one scene in one place yeah in a a little bit um and I don't know it just gave me very much like season one vibes I know someone yeah I think one of our listener thoughts uh mentioned that but just the fact that like Gray was kind of testing Selena and it was very much you know like Gray used to quiz John on things Mm -hmm. as well and so it just sucks because like we didn't have Nyla in there we didn't have Tim in there we didn't have Mm -hmm. Angela I mean, we had yeah. Aaron, but we didn't really mm-hmm. see him. And Lucy was like in the back. So I was like, oh, yeah. like this is a good roll call scene, but not everyone's in it. Yeah. Like it's the same, but different or similar, yeah. but different. Yeah. And so uh, in this case, Gray was asking Selena what the acronym is that applies to heat waves. And she like looks back to Nolan and he's like trying to mouth it to her, but she mistakes it for cheetah. When in reality, it's cheap. And the letters stand for, like, C's, check your partner, like, check in with people. Um, H is for hydrate. E is for eat light meals during the day. A is to avoid prolonged sun exposure. And P is to pace yourself. And so Gray also just tells them to, you know, make smart choices conserve their energy and um you know because it like these types of extremes bring out interesting calls and things for them and of course you know gray wants to know why selena didn't know the acronym and so he uh asked john to stay behind for a second and He's like, so did you guys study it or did you just, and she forgot it or did you forget like to actually have her learn this? And um, I like that John didn't, like he didn't outright say like, oh, it's, you know, like one person's fault, but like right. Gray, Gray still was like, well, she's going to ride with me today so I can see what else she may or may not have forgotten to learn. and. So when Selena finds this out, she asks John, you know, is there anything I should avoid while riding with Gray? And he's like, well, avoid the tarot cards, anything about astrology, any feelings or vibes or hunches, or just, just anything. Really. Like basically, don't be yourself. Yeah. So they kind of went back and forth, which, you know, they always kind of do a not similar gag, but just. Mm-hmm. you know like be yourself don't be yourself and not too much yourself <laughs> you know kind of things like that um and so we do you get to see uh selena and wade out on patrol together which i thought was nice yeah and i love when anyone speaks in a different language which i know for like feds there's like french um right and so the rookie they have spanish it was just fun to hear Lisette uh speak spanish um, her character Selena was talking to a, a transient telling them that they should consider going to the cooling center um, because it is so hot out and as they're kind of I guess walking down the road a little bit she spots some suspicious activity outside of a I said hardware store I think that's what it was um, and since gray kind of knows how she usually is she tries to backtrack and not go right off of a feeling or a hunch 
So she talks it out and they discover that the these there are two men that are hauling saws uh, into a truck and each one of the saws that they're stealing is at least $900. So it's $9,000 they've approximately got there. And since the blackout, uh, you know, you can't use any uh, machinery in that time. So like debit cards wouldn't work. And so mm-hmm. no one really has $9,000 worth of cash lying around. Therefore, uh, they decide that a crime is being committed. So they should intervene. And so Selena approaches them and asks if they paid cash or card and they try to make a run for it. I thought it was so not funny, but just like Gray like hit the guy like once and he was down. And I was like, yeah. okay, like score one for them. And um the other guy didn't get actually didn't really move at all, stepped yeah. down from the truck pretty much. And Selena was uh, you know, saying, Okay, turn around. Yeah. <laughs> so um it was a pretty well ended up being a fairly simple call for them Mm -hmm. and there were a lot of cuts in this episode I guess is what kind of not threw me but just um it was I I don't know just different um because then it, it cuts over to obviously John and Aaron are working together today and their first booking is a Man who kicked over a little girl's lemonade stand, which, um, rude, <laughs> and yeah. like threatened them just because they, you know, charged one dollar per cup of lemonade. Like, the guy needs to chill out. Um, and also, like, it's a little girl's lemonade stand. You're, right. Like, you're lucky she's not charging like five dollars. Yeah, it's almost like, and it's almost like a rite of passage as like a kid, anyway. At least, like that i can think of is you know selling lemonade to yeah learn about things like that so it's just yeah um but so they're processing this guy and the lights go out again and in roll call gray and um kind of i don't even know how to say it like uh anticipated the time that it would take for them to turn on so you kind of did a little countdown and then yeah kind of you know like pointed or snapped his fingers and they, the lights actually did come on from the backup uh generator but when Aaron tries to do it it's not working and so they decide to go check it out downstairs and see what's going on and so when they arrive they see two other quote unquote cops checking out the uh, power source but they claim it's not working like they've tried everything it's just not happening and obviously they're acting a little suspicious so Aaron asked them what precinct they're with and I love how as soon as he reached out to shake the one guy's hand he just pulled him down like I thought that was a like cool move that they know yeah. and Obviously, it was a trick because the LAPD LAPD does not have dis or precincts rather they have districts and there's not even a 57th one like the guy made up. So that's how they knew they were lying. Which I didn't really. I mean, like I I was aware of this, but just hearing him say it solidified mm-hmm. it that they're not precincts. Like that's New York. That's not yeah a West Coast uh, or LA thing rather. 
And I think this is one of the spots where I thought the cuts in this scene, like to cut over to a different scene, didn't really work because it cuts off before we hear the real reason why the two fake cops were there. Yeah. The one guy was like, we're not trying to steal the to I can't speak to steal the generator we swear and they're not buying it but then it cuts and it like we don't it cuts over to a different scene which I'll get into later but it then it cuts back and we find out why but it just I don't know I mean I guess there were just a lot of smaller storylines going on yeah that needed attention which I mean was great in the big picture there were just a lot of cuts yeah um but anyway so the real reason why they were there um was that one of their friends was in lockup so they figured they could cut the power and get them out even though nolan explains to them how locks and keys don't need electricity because <laughs> it's not a maximum security uh, yeah you know uh jail and so they kind of uh, dug their own graves there a little bit because they really didn't need to go to all that trouble but they did so that's why they're uh, being arrested and since all of this nonsense has gone on with the uh, the backup like for their power Gray has to kind of deal with that and the rest of the pending issues that go along with it so that's when we find out that he put uh, Selena in charge as command the post lead which i thought it was kind of not funny but just like aaron was very much like accepting and was um saying how oh this is a good thing right and john's over here like worrying himself to death over the fact that oh my gosh they don't give these assignments to you know people that have less than five years on the job right (laughs) and you know, like I said, Aaron was like, well, that's good, right? And John's not exactly, he's not exactly thinking about the benefit for Selena. He's probably thinking about what Gray thinks about his training of Selena, though. Uh-huh. Like, not, not exactly, which I just, I don't know, just a or, different kind of curve for John. Yeah. Or like what Selena could do that would then come back on John. Yeah. Mm, he's that, definitely yeah. freaking out more yeah. about like what could happen to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another nice kind of change of change of pace was Wopez being in the interrogation room together, which yes. I thought was nice. And they're, well, they're interrogating one of the fake cops uh, and discussing the charges that could be brought against them. There's destruction of government emergency equipment, grand theft, impersonating an officer, attempting the rescue of a prisoner carrying a firearm all of these are felonies and they go through the list and Andal's like felony 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 <laughs> so I just thought that was fun um and so the I don't even know if the guys had names the one guy they're talking to was like well what if I you know have something better like what if I can get you something better that can you know so i can get a deal if i give you something better and so he mentions 
that he has some information about ghost guns, which I guess are untraceable weapons that are being mm-hmm. sold. And so Angela and Wesley are interested. Uh, kind of, again, does a cut and it comes back. Uh, and Metro is called in to assist in this new lead that they're running regarding the guns. Yeah. And it cuts uh, back over to Selena. Poor Selena. She was overwhelmed. And you could see that something was bothering her, but she didn't exactly. She didn't tell Gray anyway when he came up and asked how the calls were going and where she was at with them. But obviously Tim could sense that something was off and so he offered to step in and help her learn the ropes and I don't know I just thought it was nice like it was just a nice like moment for Tim because like you really wouldn't think that I mean well season one Tim anyway would not really do that yeah season one Tim would never yeah yeah and um again cuts away before we get too much further into that scene and uh, we find out that Angela is going to be the undercover officer for the metro operation and the people are using a pharmacy at the front to sell the guns and the like metro is watching from uh, the security cameras in the pharmacy which are kind of their eyes and ears for this mission and uh lieutenant uh pine and kevin hicks are the two that are from metro that are mainly assisting and i think pine was the one that had texted angela and was like you know eric mills is on your left he's you know one of the major players in this operation and she receives that text as she's giving the quote-unquote pharmacist her prescription info yeah and uh, Eric came up and asked where he knows her from and literally like before Angela I mean she does like the comeback of you know you don't really you don't want to know me but I mean seconds later the guy's pulling a gun on her and I was like what the heck why like come on they haven't even I don't know it was just very fast and like I didn't really I mean yeah it was just really fast I just wasn't expecting it to happen that quickly I just don't like how she continues to have guns pulled on her. I'm like, can we not? Like, last episode, this episode, no. 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 No more. Yeah. And then the the blackout causes issues for them again because they lost uh, visual, so the cameras went out. And luckily, though, John and Aaron are there to go in as backup, but they don't really get very far before Angela... uh, dropped her purse on the floor which was the signal to hold and she did this until she got the pharmacist to give her a to actually like pull out a ghost gun and have the money be exchanged so then they could kind of swoop in and pick them up for the actual crime so i thought that was good i don't know angela was just like a boss i mean she always is but it was just it was nice to yeah her do that well and knowing now that like angela's pregnant and like she's walking into these things by herself basically unarmed and just like hoping that it goes well Mm -hmm. oh my gosh it's just 
stressful for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so we cut back over to Selena. She's worried about her mom who's uh, shut in. She doesn't really, you know, she hasn't left her house in years. And uh, she finally tells Tim all of this. And he, you know, says, well, we can clear it with Gray and we can go do a welfare check. And I don't know what it was. Just like Eric's Spanish was fun to hear in Mm -hmm. the scene, too. I mean, like, even when he said, like, Juarez, like, just the way he said it, like, the character's last name was fun um it was nice to see him with a rookie again i mean we kind of saw him with like aaron as a rookie but Mm -hmm. yeah it was yeah well that and he got to you know say like boot yeah i feel like that was fun he got a couple of boots in or whatever and i was like yes yeah definite season one uh throwback there as well and i don't know it was just cool of tim to go along with selena's I mean, I call it a white lie. It's kind of a big lie, though, to tell her mom that she's working the desk mm-hmm. at the district when really she's out and about in the field. Like, you know, getting her later mm-hmm. in the episode, like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know what it was about the birds that Selena's mom had, but literally like, the names. I don't know. Just Lorca and Naruda. Like, all I could think about was Pablo Naruda for the second bird like i don't know like the poet and like the you know po- well politician slash poet um but Lorca, i don't know where the heck that came from i don't know if that's like an actual like artist since selena's mom was like i paint you know? i didn't even hear the names so i'm glad that but, you <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know but yeah if anyone else like figures out maybe if the names are actually indicative of people in the artist world let me know i'm always curious about things like that um yeah and so she because like tim was like well i have a backup generator in the shop like i can go get it and then you know she's like well don't like worry about me and he's like it's not for you it's for the birds so he is very uh just smooth and you know easy uh to kind of sway uh selena's mom to kind of listen to what they're saying i mean the man is just like soft at this point (laughs) you would never like season tim bradford has had the best character growth in this entire show like you cannot tell me otherwise yeah definitely and so we got the much anticipated group scene yes which was so funny it was great because it was all the couples but i really wish that selena aaron and thors and uh wait gray aaron and selena were all there yeah you know Mm -hmm. yeah um poor john and bailey just wanted to have their shrimp scampi and their wine and then i just thought it was so on brand for natla to show up first yeah Uh, and then (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god does wesley asking can i charge the car like the man just was like desperate i he was like yeah oh okay you have it like okay i need to charge the car yeah um, and even how like, lucy showed up yeah no i know. loved it like, all she was like can i have tequila yeah <laughs> but at least she was like she was like oh i'm sorry like we're not a part of the group text and i was like 
I'm honestly surprised John remembers that he can text on his phone. Like, the man doesn't really seem like, well, because he, like, would FaceTime Henry, who we yeah. haven't seen in a minute either. Yeah. Um, or call, but he didn't really, like, te- well, I think it was that one time he tried to text Grace or something. And yeah. he was, like, uh, you know, ruminating over it for, like, yeah 10 minutes or something trying to come up with the perfect text message so yeah. i just don't really think he's that big of a texter it's just funny too that like he's on a group text but like he's like so oblivious to it all yep so oblivious yep and so it kind of again cuts away come back to a different scene um eric mills is looking at 15 years for selling the guns but he eventually comes up with the like major score to give them for a deal um and that uh is prentice kingston aka the king of fentanyl so uh one of i guess prentice's lieutenants buys from eric so he's like well if i give you him you guys can give me a deal and so they're Wesley's working on that uh and Angela and the rest of the team will go try to see what they can do about uh Prentice and again this is where we caught well Selena was singing as she was setting up the shop uh, and Gray comes out and you know just reminds her that the evaluations or like tests that they go through are not supposed to be a punishment they're supposed to make you better at the thing that you're worst at which in selena's case is asking for help and so she kind of understands that and she kind of i mean like this second chance day for her still has a little bit of uh of testing of her knowledge because when they're at the scene well the fentanyl house anyway um gray is asking okay well like what's the move here like you're a senior officer on scene what do we do and she's like fellow sergeant oh great you're here and and i just thought aaron's aaron's like smile was so cute i was like yeah they're like they're everyone's just so supportive of her i just thought it was great i just love how selena was like call sergeant great you're here like let's let's get started i was like oh my god (laughs) yeah I loved it. Um, but Gray kind of, you know, doesn't let her off the hook that easy. Um, she does eventually kind of say her plan and it's she calls um on the radio for them to set up a perimeter to like give them additional units so they can um call out and get uh them to surrender. And so like I didn't really understand when Nolan and Gray were talking. And I kind of thought it was funny because Selena looked a little confused too when they mm-hmm. when after her and John came back from like their initial survey of the house. Um, Nolan and Gray were like, hey, we're gonna do a smash and grab. And I was like, what does that even mean? And it was like literal smashing, like hitting the guy's car with the shop. Mm-hmm. And then the grab part of it is so Gray and Selena could go into the house and get the um the little girl that they saw. Yeah. Um, from earlier out of the house because obviously any children with where there are drugs being made is a not a good situation at all 
And so Selena goes in first, like through the side of the house. Um, the one, I don't even know. Again, I don't know if any characters had names aside because that wasn't, I don't think that was Prentice. That was like the doing the blending or mm-hmm. mixing of the product. I don't know. Um, but that one guy was just kind of in the zone doing his own thing. And she managed to make it out of his line of sight before he turned around. But then he noticed that the door was open. Then he closed the side door so then Gray couldn't get in. Yeah. And um, she makes it, she kind of sneaks across a little bit, across the hall, and uh, goes into the girl's room. But the girl is like, she's I don't, on she's, an iPad. She's busy. Yeah. yeah, she's like booked and busy. And she, <laughs> I originally thought she wasn't going to react at all. And then all of a sudden she just like screams as soon as I thought Selena, she was like, I don't know. Not, I mean, she obviously had headphones in and was like watching her tablet or whatever, but I figured like she, like you said, like wouldn't react or just wouldn't really yeah. like know what's going on. But yeah, the screaming, yeah. it was like blood curdling screams. So I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Um, and it cut through kind of the noise because it made the one guy turn off the rest of the uh, like mixers and go see uh start to go see what was wrong um before gray attempts to get him to surrender but a fight ensues as it usually does on this show and poor gray ended up like dropping the gun because the guy was hitting his hand so much um and thankfully though john like gets um gets the gun before the one guy the other guy could use it and so john and gray are fighting these two guys and in the midst of all that the fentanyl tables get flipped over which releases the drugs into the air and selena was just coming around the corner uh with the girl and she sees the the like mist if you will um Mm -hmm. come up and she's like oh crap like we need to get you know somewhere where it it's not going to get to us as quickly yeah and uh so she kind of runs into the next place that she sees which is the bathroom and she gets the girl out through a small like space in the bathroom window but she can't exactly get herself out of there in that you know space um but someone had to have known that she was still in there because someone took the little girl yeah, I know. I kind of wish we would have seen like who took the girl because I didn't know who she handed her to. It just doesn't really make any sense that like no one came back to try and get her. Well, I mean, John did, but it just... Yeah, but like whoever took the little girl wasn't like, oh, guys, yeah. there's someone else like in the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. Um. Yeah, so I mean like, like Jennifer said, eventually um it is realized that selena is not outside with uh with them and so john goes back uh inside to get her i mean she was smart though like she tried to put a makeshift mask over her nose and mouth it just wasn't i mean it was you know fast yeah Um, and so john uh 
gets Selena out of the bathroom, carries her out, and uh, Aaron gives her a couple doses of the Narcan. And so that was good. I was worried, though, because, like, the first dose didn't do it. And I was like, okay, she's not waking up yet. Come on, Selena, like, wake up. You got to wake up. Um, But she did eventually. And I thought it was kind of, it works for the rookie that the first thing she said was, like, my hand. You're crushing my hand. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, John was really, really worried about his rookie. Understandably so. I mean, everyone was. um, But... Yeah, so she does end up going to the hospital though, just to you know, get make sure everything's out. good. Yeah, and Nolan and Gray and Aaron all check in, which I thought was nice. Um, and apparently she's up for a medal because of her actions. And John, <laughs> John being John, do you know what this reminded me of? Now that I'm thinking about it though. What? Is um the two oh wait, hold on. Two eleven. Yes. A little bit, the two eleven yeah. scene. With well, the bear or whatever. Well, I mean that, yeah. Just the fact that, you know, people from their group like came in to check on yeah, yeah, yeah. um, you know, another one of the members of their group. But then also John taking credit for something <laughs> that he was not responsible for. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean like he kind of did it in a little bit. You know, when Lucy was like, well, how did you find me? And John was like, that was thanks to my, you know, genius Excellent cop skills, skills yeah. or whatever, yeah. And, you know, in this instance, it was kind of like, oh, well, like a rookie. Yeah, like, a rookie's up for a medal. Doesn't that mean that I get one? And Gray's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, shut <laughs> up. No. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I get that he was, like, joking, but at the same time, I was like, dude, like, just. Like, dude, read the room. Yeah, like, just, no. It was not not your time to shine, sir. I thought that this episode, and especially the stuff with Selena, had a lot of parallels to, like, previous yeah. episodes. Like, mm-hmm. Gray kind of questioning Selena. That was a lot like John, or Gray questioning John in season one. But even, like, him taking Selena underneath his butt. Be- underneath his wing and then also um just like i don't know like her going in trying to save a kid like i don't know there were just a couple of parallels that i was like oh yeah like this is definitely paralleling season one yeah definitely yeah even like her um i don't remember did we get a scene with like John or Lucy, even Jackson in season one, where it was like, okay, you're the highest, or like you're the officer on the scene with the most seniority. What would you do now? Like, did we ever get that in season one? I can't remember. I mean, aside from like plain clothes day where they were kind of all in charge yeah. of their own scenes, I don't think so, but I don't know. Which, like, I wonder if we're going to get like a plain clothes day for Selena. Hmm. I hope so. That would be nice. And so for well, the last two little pieces of this story anyway, uh, Selena does end up FaceTiming her mom and uh, kind of dresses the, well, the corner of her hospital room to make it look like she's still at the office, even though she's not. Um, I don't know. I thought that was a nice moment because mm-hmm. we hadn't really... I don't know. I mean, like, we met Aaron's family, but his family was so dysfunctional. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it was just nice to see something slightly different in dynamic. Yeah. Especially because, like, we knew about Selena's sister, so it was nice to meet her mom, too, and kind of see, like, oh, yeah, Selena does have more family than her sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, of course, I mean, this is towards the end of the episode, um, but Nolan and Bailey going to the Four Seasons because it has power and can get them away from the chaos <laughs> that is, uh, you know, taking over their house is is absolutely hilarious and it's like the couples have the kids have it's yeah. it's hilarious yeah it was just great and like i said earlier all they wanted to do was have their shrimp scampi and their wine but you know john being john of course he can't turn anyone away no because they're all his friends so i get it but at the same time i was like okay fine like you guys you know did this to yourselves like but you would think, I mean, I don't know, because the house is like, a, it's a big house. Like, I would have thought there would have been, like, one moment where they could have had something. Yeah, and, like, one area where they could have gotten away. But maybe not. I mean, they were just hanging out in the family or, room or in the yeah. living room. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so that was kind of it for the, well, the heat wave and the blackout uh, portion and so next up we have a little bit of well it was like lucy and nyla's case um, yeah involving this strange uh smell that's coming from a storage facility and lucy's investigating it like first because she was the one that took the manager's call and uh unit number 15 has the strange odor and when she pries it open with the uh lock cutters uh she and the manager discover that it wasn't an animal that got stuck and died in there it's a dead body so it is now a homicide and so that's why Nyla's called in and she kind of offhandedly identifies the uh victim as rj cash Mm-hmm. And he was a career scam artist who liked to target the elderly, apparently. And so, like, RJ was not the only thing that they found in that storage locker. There was, like, a bunch of kind of stolen property that, well, could have been stolen or maybe grifted. So, uh, Nyla tells Lucy to get as many serial numbers as she can to track down, like, which items belong to who and uh later on when she texts back in lucy's got over 100 items cataloged and 30 victims to assign them to and while she was doing that nyla had tracked down rj's last employer uh who was uh, beatrice o'malley and when nyla interviewed her she she said that uh, RJ had set up her online banking and Nyla kind of looks at her and warns her that she needs to check her accounts because RJ usually wipes out the targets that he hits and so takes all their money um I guess I maybe didn't catch it I'm just thinking about it now like Beatrice didn't seem too concerned Right. Even after Nyla, like, you know, she didn't really heed Nyla's warning. And so I guess yeah. I kind of maybe 
should have picked up on it. I don't know if other people mm-hmm. did because I didn't actually watch the rookie live. I just live tweeted feds. I but. didn't pick up on it, but I was also live tweeting. So there was a lot going on anyway. But mm-hmm. I mean, I did think that she was very like calm about it. Yeah. I was like, well, that's kind of odd. But we've also seen that before with one of the suspects where they kind of like thanked them or something, wasn't it? Yeah. I kind of remember commenting on her. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And so, again, lots of cuts happening in the episode. Y'all can take a drink every time I say that or something. <laughs> Just kidding. Probably don't do that. Um, but so a little bit later on in the episode, uh, the cause of death was uh, reported to be poison. And Nyla was just kind of, I don't know, just kind of talking aloud kind of to herself, not really to Angela, because Angela was like, am I expected to know what the heck you're talking about? And she's like, no, never mind. Um, and she had kind of realized that Beatrice's ter- caretaker also had like a tremor which was one of the symptoms of the uh mercury poisoning that rj uh had and so maybe whoever targeted him was targeting the caretaker uh whose name we find out later is uh sharona and so when nyla kind of puts those pieces together she uh brings beatrice back in again and asks if she worked at uh, mercy of saint vincent's hospital and she did and during the same time she worked there nine patients died from heavy metal poisoning from mercury to be exact and it that they were her patients so mm-hmm. uh that kind of seals the deal that beatrice was the one that had been doing this and uh a little bit of a twist was that she thanked Nyla for catching her and I don't I just like wasn't expecting it I was like okay even Nyla was caught off guard yeah like it was bizarre but yeah so that case uh was closed and it was nice to see another like Lucy and uh Nyla scene or a couple Mm -hmm. scenes yeah. yeah this episode definitely had a lot of different pairings that we haven't yeah. seen in a while if ever because yeah. the john or the wade and selena and tim and selena so yeah mm-hmm. definitely and speaking of tim uh we had his his journey to find a new job and it wasn't even his journey that he was on it was everyone <laughs> else trying to help him i think that was the funniest part is he was just as oblivious as john with everyone coming over as tim was with this like tim had no idea Uh yeah and i love how no one told him still like at the end it was just like yeah you did this on your own yeah i was honestly surprised that smitty didn't blab yeah like once lucy talked to him i would have been like oh my god but maybe (laughs) not because then he would have not gotten like the favor right if he had talked which the favor you know what i don't put it past him i can't (laughs) i was just like wow we hadn't seen that set up in a minute so i was like okay fine like i know for a minute like i was kind of shocked that he still lived like in the van and everything i was like really but i was like all right it's funny i mean yeah crazy 
but yeah um I kind of thought it was funny though like the storyline kind of started with Smitty in a way and ended with Smitty um like and Chenford um, yes because we see Tim as court liaison sergeant he has his own not really like I mean it's a separate space but it's like a one kind of not connected table but just like a you know spread out space that he can kind of just sit and Mm -hmm. you know compile all the papers that he needs for various court dates for other officers and it's just too funny because he manages to get smitty to go to his assigned date by telling him that he gets overtime and not just like comp pay for doing so and he was like i worked here for 20 years and no one told me that and just i mean that's that's just it that's just smitty for you he he doesn't take the time to investigate anything further he just kind of takes what anyone says as it is you know so no wonder he didn't realize that there might have been yeah you would think so that he would like kind of investigate oh do i get more money for this or whatever but he was just thinking over time and thought that's it. That's all yeah. that I get. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so like we had mentioned earlier, Tim wasn't like in the roll call scene, but after uh roll call, Lucy comes over to his desk and asks how he's doing. And he kind of lies saying that he's good. And she was like, now, wait a minute. We said we'd never lie to each other. And Tim was like, well, that was a lie. And Lucy's worried that he's miserable, but he insists that he's fine and uh, actually gives her like her own uh, uh, court paper as well before she uh, jets off to her first call. And and he's just like smiley about it too. I'm like, yes. please, you're giving her a court date but and you're just, still so you know, smiley about it. But he's like, it's Lucy's his girlfriend now. They're like official. It's so nice. I know. So, uh, and Lucy being the worried girlfriend that she is uh, later on when she's at the storage locker asks Nyla if, you know, can we get Tim in on this? Um, because I'm trying to find a way to keep him from losing his mind. And she just wants to, you know, help him out in the best way that she can. But there's not really any. Nyla was like, it's not even anything to do with the courts. Like, why is this a thing? Um, but she kind of senses that Lucy's a little desperate, and so she she likens the situation to trading players when there's a salary cap in. I'm assuming football. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, uh, maybe not um and so she's like okay like say tim wants to go to vice but then nichols wants to go to narcotics like you can't just have like you can't do it's not as simple as lucy's making it out to be and uh lucy had kind of well lucy being lucy kind of is still she's very persistent with it and um you know wonders if hicks from metro could potentially be a good transfer because if he's up for it then tim could take his spot 
in Metro. But Nyla warns her, like, even though, okay, yeah, sure, he has kids at home and, like, you know, he might benefit from a different schedule. It's sergeants don't like to be manipulated and they talk. Mm -hmm. So then the next time, if she were to want a favor, she might not get it if she messes this up. Basically. Um, But she's not one to be deterred. She ends up dropping by Hicks' office real quick. Or at least, I didn't actually know if it was a separate place or if he was just setting up somewhere in the district, like, while they were there before the raid, you know? Um, But anyway, the the spot that he's in uh, mentions that, you know, tomorrow's a great babysitter if he were to ever need someone. So, kind of, like, setting off a favor chain in a way, like, Mm -hmm. if you do this, maybe then this can happen, da-da-da-da-da. So, uh, I just want to know, like... So I wonder if Lucy would have started the group text to be like, well, no, cause, well, well, yeah, maybe because Tim wouldn't have necessarily been in that group text. Right. Because I just want to know how they all decided that John's house was going to be the house that they were going to, you know, like, uh, do this is the only one with power. Oh, right. That's true. But like who shared yeah. that information? Because it wasn't John. So it had to have yeah. been Bailey. Yeah. I don't know. But Unless Nyla was like, I know that John's got like a generator, so let's just all invade his house. Mm -hmm. Nyla would be the one that says that too. Fair. Yeah, so we cut over to uh, John and Bailey's house, and they're all trying to figure out, you know, the best place that Tim can end up. And John had the idea of Hicks leaving Metro. If he goes to uh, IA, then Remington can move to Motors, and then Watson can go to SWAT, and if Halsey comes over to Metro, then there's still a spot open for Tim, which, very random, but, like, the way Nathan said Halsey was, like, odd. Really? Like, Melissa, yeah, because Melissa came in next and said the same name and said it, like, Halsey, like, I don't, I don't know how, I can't explain how he said it, but it just, it didn't sound like Halsey was I'm the gonna word. have to go back and listen to it but anyway um not important just <laughs> something I noticed uh and so then Lucy uh with her idea is to have uh Fuji retire then Halsey can go to Metro and then someone named Madison can go to robbery and then Prim will go to Vice and then apparently jones can go to swat because they like the other two people like hate each other or whatever so they can't do that so jones has to go to swat and then ta-da you think everything's solved but then lucy realizes well the only person that can convince fuji to retire is smitty yep so they have to rely on smitty for help i just love how like this was like a the game like they were like puzzle piecing this together and it makes me realize like so the chain of command and like who moves where next is just well known in the LAPD apparently or at least like within the higher ranking officers you know P2s like rookies Mm -hmm. probably don't understand that so yeah yeah and honestly though like Nolan trying to stall was so funny because he was like 
oh hey yes hi you're here because da, 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 da. and tim's like is that lucy's car out there like what is everyone doing what's going on and john's like oh yeah sure no you can come in that's fine i mean but at least it gave everyone a chance to get rid of the uh the evidence board yeah you know, or the job board but you know it's a police show so murder board basically and it cuts over again um I mean, obviously, we get the nice moment of Tim being like, you okay? And he's, like, talking only to Lucy, like, making hard eyes at Lucy. Yeah. So, they're just being a total couple, and it's fine. Even but, like, Bailey and there. Angela gave each other a look as they said to their line. Mm, yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't know um, how to interpret that scene. If, I like, feel everyone like everyone knew. has to know. It just, they, you know, it's just in the what's that like the white space or the blank space yeah i don't know but like nyla didn't really seem like phased by it in the beginning i don't know like maybe it's just bailey and angela like have like a feeling i don't know Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean if one of them knows i feel like all of them have to know yeah but i feel like at the same time though it's like chenfer i mean yeah their dynamic has changed a little bit but it's like Lucy caring so much about Tim it hasn't really changed you know right. it's like they both would do anything I mean heck season two Tim Bradford you know was not going to take a sergeant job right you know because he hadn't finished training Lucy yet and so I yeah. think it's just I don't know like maybe well John Nolan aside maybe other people just kind of know there's something a little bit different but or just yeah. kind of like well maybe it's just you know they're just have gotten even closer right don't really you know haven't exactly made that leap in their minds yeah i mean if we don't know like if no one knows that chenford is the thing i hope that we get to see it though because we were robbed of tomorrow finding out about chenford like so i don't know we don't totally know if they know but like it kind of seems like it. I don't know. I figured we wouldn't see everyone finding out, but at least some of them. Like, maybe not Angela because she's close with Tim, but, like, maybe Nyla. Maybe, I don't know, Aaron or Selena kind of finding out about them. But, I mean, everyone has to know. Like, he up and left his position as sergeant. Like, how does no one question that? Yeah. But also, like, we didn't really see, like, in the roll call room or anything, like, oh, yeah, Tim's now moved to a court liaison, what, a, a sergeant or whatever. So it's kind of like, was that just, again, in the blank space? And we just don't see that. Like, you know, know. we're just, just supposed to assume. Yeah, I don't know. Or if Gray just kind of maybe just didn't really think to say anything because maybe he wondered if. It, that would eventually change too you know like Tim yeah. wouldn't really stay in that position for very long yeah I don't know um but yeah so we do get to see uh Lucy go to Smitty and ask for help which was the sneak peek that we saw and just oh my gosh just the fact that Smitty was actually considering going out for this 400 grand job and Lucy was like uh-huh yeah no i'm sure you could do it but it's a lot of work and he's like oh no thank you i'll pass and i was like uh-huh that sounds more like it <laughs> to be honest um and obviously like we said earlier lucy 
Like, Lucy wants to convince Smitty to convince Lauren Fuji to retire. Mm-hmm. And so, and he was like, well, I don't know. She's pretty mad at me. And she and, he, and Lucy was like, okay, well, you can undo what you did and get her this job that pays 400 grand. So, like, if you talk to her, then, like, I'll do you this favor and everything will work out just fine. And she's like, but nothing weird. And he's like, yeah, no, okay. <laughs> like, Never trust Smitty when that's his answer. Yeah yeah um and so later we see tim's well tim's at the station he kind of lucy uh he and lucy kind of like meet up at the same time and he you know tells her oh i hear lauren fuji is retiring and lucy kind of feigns surprise like letting tim tell her all the moves that'll happen Mm -hmm. with uh fuji out of the way and you know he's like well then that means that Watson can move device and Brims and Motors and Hicks can take his place and then that means there's an opening in Metro which I get it but is that that's like different from what they said earlier when they were murder boarding it yeah <laughs> so like I didn't know like where that came from mm-hmm. I mean I guess because like if Hicks did take Tim's court sergeant spot then like he would have it's because tim had said earlier it's low stress it's not you know like Mm -hmm. during the day so you know you get to you know be at home with your kids in the evening and stuff but i don't know it was just slightly different than what they had originally figured out in the yeah so maybe just things moved around a little bit more but that's not important the more important thing is that chenford's so cute and they're they're just so happy his smile as she like walked away oh my gosh i was like this is season five tim is amazing yeah even his smile was like i'm excited like he's genuinely like happy yes and just oh my gosh i'm just so happy that he's happy and oh my i just yeah that was it was a cute moment and you know they were gonna go celebrate but Lucy's like, yeah, I have to go help a friend with something, but we can celebrate tomorrow. So Canon Chenford is celebrating tomorrow. That's the thing. But then the friend that Lucy's helping is Smitty, and the something is cleaning out his trailer in a full hazmat suit because you really wouldn't expect anything less when it comes to Smitty, that trailer, and God knows what is in it. <laughs> so can't blame lucy that that's the second smell that she's smelling for the day Mm -hmm. like you know that that's got Mm -hmm. a ton of smells yeah all questionable fun time yeah yeah but But also like she's such a trooper like she will literally do anything for tim even if it means cleaning out his trailer yep yeah so that kind of wraps it up for the rookie episodes it was good just lots of just lots of pieces that had to fit together yeah definitely i don't know like to me this episode almost like i don't know it wasn't bad but it kind of like fell flat for me oh really yeah and i think it was just there was too much going on like i loved that we got to meet or know more about selena i loved the chenford stuff obviously loved that group scene but I think it was like the case that like fell flat. Mm. 
I don't know. I guess to me, because like I'm used to watching other shows where it's like, okay, in January, like they're playing it up where it's winter. And I'm like, there's not a heat wave going on in California right now. Like that's not realistic to me. I don't know. I think it was that and just like a it was just a lot of different storylines, like with the Angela stuff, the Lucy smell, the Lucy and the smell stuff, and then the you know, heat wave. I was just like, there's a lot going on. But I loved like the Selena stuff um and the different partnerships. But yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of like, okay, this isn't like an episode that I'll go back and watch on repeat, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was good. I don't know. I just thought it was different. I mean, yeah, sure. It's not like. It's not like 211 or 5, 509 and 508. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not in the top five. But I didn't. I, I thought it was funny. Honestly, like Nolan was one of the funnier uh, characters in this episode for me. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was a, a refreshing change yeah in my opinion but yeah i don't i mean yeah but we definitely there were quite a few listener thoughts on this episode as well yes so we will jump into those yeah so abby had said i think this episode had a little too much to work with so it felt choppy in some places but they had some really sweet found family moments and nice emotional beats so honestly i can't complain seven and a half out of ten yeah, there were definitely a lot of found family moments, like the like you had said, the hospital scene where they go and check and check on Selena. Um, I mean, even like the scene where Tim, you know, goes to Selena's house or Selena's mom's house and like checks on her. Um, definitely some found family. And they kept like reminding Selena of that. Like you've got sisters and brothers now, like on on the um in the LAPD, like you know you've got a second family to kind of rely on so it was good mm-hmm. yeah uh ella b said i love an episode when you get most of the cast together i really liked that i also felt they are finally giving selena more depth which i've wanted to see for a while lucy putting in the effort for tim was epic and it really showcases how far they've come together uh four out of five stars for the episode yes yep definitely agree Mm -hmm. chrissy said this episode felt a bit like a filler though the chenford moments were super sweet i think the writers missed some opportunities that would have served the storyline well not sure where we're heading with nolan's storyline but right now everyone around him seems more interesting including bailey i'd much rather see her standalone as a character as a standalone character Hmm. interesting yeah I don't know. I feel like his partnership with Selena, though, is kind of making him interesting because it's like everything that she says, it's like, oh, how is he going to react to that? What is he going to say to that? Um, And he's kind of having to learn, like, how to deal with someone different, like who kind of thinks with a different mindset. So, yeah, but that's interesting, like, yeah, that it's feeling like he's becoming a little less interesting. Yeah, hmm. okay. I have a coworker who would like say the opposite because she's not the hugest fan of Bailey's character. Yeah, <laughs> on the show, so I just thought that was kind of. But I mean, with all of Bailey's jobs, though, you could probably have a spinoff. 
Oh, definitely. With her just wearing all the hats that she does, you know. Definitely. It'll be interesting to see next week's episode, though, because Mm -hmm. it seems like she's going to be, like, kind of the main character. That's at least how the promo's making it. Who knows? But it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah. Well, that and it's like she's the one that's kind of a, not a victim, but just caught in a situation again. Whereas, you know, she's not coming in to save the day. She's the one that might need saving yeah so yeah that'll be interesting for sure uh janine had said i was i really was hoping tim showed up at smitty's rv i think it (laughs) would have been a cute scene seeing what lengths uh lucy would go to make tim happy yes (laughs) that would have been so just honestly i could see him just like show up literally like take lucy's hand drag her away and be like you're not doing this i don't care what it costs like you're not doing it <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah that definitely would have been uh made it even more of a unique uh scene <laughs> yeah than it already was for sure and janine had also the kids uh were so cute and she loved selena and gray's teamwork Yes. Yeah, it was interesting to see Gray kind of pair up with another rookie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we had seen that with him and Aaron. Yeah. Maybe once or twice, but I mean, I feel like at some point he has to team up with them for like the day or whatever, because he's the watch commander. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Valerie said, haven't watched yet, just wanted to say hi. Hi, Valerie. Hi. I thought that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jen said, I really liked the episode. Yes, I would have liked more Tim and Lucy moments, but I love it when we get to see the whole cast and love that we got to see more of Selena. I just hope next week Bailey doesn't get shot at. Uh, yeah, considering there's someone targeting firefighters in next week's episode. Yeah. yeah I hope Bailey makes it out. Unscathed. Yeah. But, like, when we get to see the whole cast, like, can we please have more of that? Because I'm still not over the JCPenney catalog thing being cut. And I feel like we didn't get as much with the whole murder boarding job thing as we could have. Like, I, we did get a lot, but, like, I kind of wish that we got more. Mm-hmm. Let's just make a whole episode on that, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Joanna said the pacing of this episode was not great, but I loved Selena's development. The Chunford scenes we did get were so cute. Smitty back on the show was nice to see, although I hope he makes more Fred's appearances too. And I liked the dynamic switch-ups. Yes, Smitty on Fred's has been like <laughs> one of the best things about the first season. I think it just has to do with like the scheduling too. Like he's probably like one of the only ones that they can get on Fed so much. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I I liked seeing Smitty back on the rookie um and just causing chaos like he always does. I was almost hoping that the mention of the makeup would be brought up this week. Oh my god. Like I thought that was gonna be the favor that he needed Lucy to take care of. Oh man. And I was like, oh, I'm just waiting for that. But I mean funny. the trailer and cleaning was funny too. So yeah. Mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah, I did like the switch-ups, too. I thought they were good. Yeah. Okay, and this is the comment that was the season one vibes. Uh, Kim had said, was great seeing the gang all together. Some solid season one vibes. The 
that first season of the rookie built such great bonds and connections. You could feel some of those again last night. Loved how Lucy just walked in at Nolan's. Hilarious. So true. So funny yes. how everyone just gathered at Balin's house. Yes. I also feel like that was a testament to how comfortable Lucy is with Nolan. Mm-hmm. Like to where she just walked in, where it's like Lopez and Nyla. I mean, granted, they've got babies with them and like a husband too, but mm-hmm. like they knocked on the door, whereas Lucy just kind of walked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. Um, Sonia had said, loved the off duty scenes. The gang at Nolan's was a de- was definitely a highlight of the episode for me. Lucy scheming to get Tim his position and then letting him be all excited without claiming credit was so good. Selena, I just loved more with each episode as always and loved seeing her and Tim. However, while I understand Nolan's nervousness on grade testing his first rookie to see how they're both handling their positions, his behavior was off putting to me. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. He did kind of come across as like not as confident. And it's like, John, like yeah. you, you know. But I think also like he just knows how great is with his like mm-hmm. digs and mm-hmm. all of that that I could see why he was a little like off put with that. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Kristen had said, I loved the last scene with Tim and Lucy at the station. She was so proud of him and he deserves to be happy. The final look on his face as she walked away almost looked like he was going to shed happy tears. Oh, <laughs> I never thought about that, but yes. I didn't either. Yeah, but he was, I mean, just pure happiness. Yeah. Not a look that we get on Tim Bradford very often. Nope. More of that, please. Mm-hmm. I mean, we need to keep up his tough exterior, but yeah, more of that, please. Mm-hmm. Um, Karen had said, I love the show. Having the gang together was great. The little Tim Lucy moments were sweet. All in all, a great episode. Maybe next time we'll get a morning after scene with Tim and Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I know that people were talking about it or like hoping for it this episode, but I don't know. I didn't really think just because it's in the seven o'clock central time zone. I was like, we're not getting maybe like them making yeah. coffee in her apartment together, but. Oh, it'd be cute. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Saffron said slow, definitely a filler episode used to push forward storylines, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 I definitely feel like this was like maybe to grow Selena a little bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alora had said haven't seen feds yet but i really enjoyed t- enjoyed the rookie great selena content i hope we keep her uh some cute chenford moments could they be any more in love and i can't stop singing the daddy cop song fabulous <laughs> yeah the yeah. daddy cop song was good i just like how they used that in the cold open yeah. and it was like targeted towards nolan yeah and when we all thought it was going to be about tim or something like (laughs) yeah it was good yeah well and you know what i just realized though is that like even though it wasn't like used in the same way just the use of the word like daddy on like yeah the rookie and then i was used in feds too it was just funny so lots of that going on um and last but not least mindy had said 
it was a good episode. I felt that Selena really became part of the crew. It was so nice to s- getting to see her interact with characters other than Nolan and Bailey. I would have loved to see more of the chaos of everyone taking over Nolan's house. Like, a whole episode of that. Please. Yes. Could you imagine, like, baby Jack just, like, running <laughs> around and Nolan's like, wait, don't touch that. Like, because he hasn't had a baby around in so long. Oh, man. Yeah. And Bailey, like, loving on him or whatever. Oh, my God. That would have been hilarious. I need the behind this, like, I need more behind the scenes or like deleted clips of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it would have been funny. Yeah, definitely. Is that about it for the rookie? Mm-hmm. Cool. We've, we're, we'll move on to the rookie feds now. I apparently can't talk today either. So this is going <laughs> to be fun because the rookie feds, there was a lot. Um, This was, my favorite episode of the night like i i don't know i like the rookie kind of fell flat for me but the rookie feds like picked it up hmm. i don't know i don't know if it was like the side storylines but even, i mean even the case was kind of interesting too yeah i couldn't stop thinking about the side storylines so <laughs> same same I, yeah I, the side storylines were the best part for me so yeah yeah, so um, we'll start off with the undercover, like, op and case, just because that's the biggest part. Um, so we start the cold open with a man is walking to his car, and he gets in, like, there's someone waiting in the, in the backseat. It turns out that this guy's, like, choked, and, like, his neck is slit, and he ends up dying. Um, and then we get the title card. So we see everyone kind of waiting, like, in the it's not the lobby of the bureau, but it's kind of like the bullpen. Um, and Garza comes out and greets the team who's all there. No one knows why they're there. And, you know, it was just like a last minute assignment or whatever. And so Garza briefs them that they're needed for an undercover op at a hotel bar. And Simone's like, so what are our cover stories? And Garza's like, no, we're just stage hands tonight. Like there are none. And so Carter and Laura just like give each other a look, like, they know what this entails and someone's like well what's a stagehand and so they say that in order to control the environment on certain ops they sometimes fill the target location with agents so they'll all be posing as hotel guests servers bartenders um the whole thing and so they're sitting in the briefing room like you know, we meet supervisory special agent Lewis Cronin, who has been in other things. And I was like, I feel like I know him from somewhere. I know. I said that exact same thing, but it still yeah. hasn't come to me yet. So <laughs> I feel like he was in like some Christmas movie, like Christmas with the Cranks, but it wasn't him. It was someone who looked like him. I don't know. I'll have to look him up. Um, But he's a, he's from the San Diego field office and, you know, he's like in charge because it's his op. So he knows what's going on. Like, and he's like, you know, even though it's, we're in your house, like it's mine. Um, And so his cyber crimes unit has been monitor- monitoring the dark web chatter and basically an unsub with top secret clearances, like offered up stolen military technology to the highest bidder. And so this case is like, all over because we think it's going one way and then like it turns another way so he pulls up messages back and forth like and you know says that it was it's taken months for this unsub to agree to sell the tech to someone that they believe is a russian operative but like it's actually special agent abrams 
Um, so we know that like the case is working like or the team is like working on the case internally. So the technology is designed for the military for military satellites that like can track submarines up to 200 meters below the ocean. And the team doesn't know a whole lot, but like the unsub has reached out and like arranged a deal giving the satellite tech like in order to give the satellite tech, he wants two million dollars in exchange. So we cut over to the hotel bar. Garza is a waiter because he's like, you know, it gives me more free reign of the restaurant or of the place. And he's like able to move around a lot. And Carter and Simone come in and they're like on a quote unquote date holding hands, which is just hilarious. Like given Carter's storyline later on in the episode. So Garza, you know, tells them that their unsub might already be there. So no shop talk and no calling him boss. Cause Simone's like, wow like you got a waiter position and she calls him boss and everything and i just love that they used shop talk in there i know i was like but then i was like no shop talk rude <laughs> like that's <laughs> not okay i think i tweeted that but i was just yeah. like oh my gosh like shop talk that's us <laughs> yeah i know i know oh my gosh that's happened well th- okay they've used that in tweets a few times yeah well they but- said it on feds um well they said talk shop so not the exact same thing but yeah a variation then i know they used it the rookie account used it as a caption yeah on the thing oh but, but I like also, still i'll take it i'll no, take whatever I, yeah. I can get no for sure and i don't know i mean i was looking up um patrick gallagher who was the um agent cronin i don't know if it's like anything i mean he was on Glee for ten episodes. I okay. Guess. Um, as I I'm not familiar with Glee, um, but someone named Ken Tanaka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like um, a coach or teacher or something that was okay. kind of abrasive. Gotcha. Yeah. I literally don't know what's wrong with me because he was literally on Big Sky like last year, like <laughs> since the freaking show started. He was like the sheriff that Jensen Ackles' character like replaced. Oh my well, gosh. that's why he looks familiar then to you. Well, you just couldn't place him. Yeah, He's not I in the season. Oh my no. gosh. Um, yeah. So, but it, oh my gosh, it's bugging me for like ever and ever. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, trivia solved. Anyway, continue. Sorry. So, um, yeah. So then, like, Garz is like, oh, so the unsub might be here. So just like be aware. So we see Special Agent Abrams walk in the office ago. Like, you know, everyone has to be on high alert now. So Garza walks up to Simone and Carter's table with Laura standing there and, like, checks his phone. He sees that there's a notification from L.A. Claire and that there was a murder um, in the parking garage, who we find out is Spencer Gordon. Um, And the parking garage was at Aerospace Relativity. And it turns out that that's one of the firms with access to the satellite tech. So there's no suspects or surveillance. Like there was just no cameras there. So the victim has the correct security clearance. So, so like that can't be a coincidence. And LA Claire didn't find the tech on him. So agents are on the way to the scene. Um, And, you know, the, the undercover op is still going on though, just because they want to make sure that they've got like everything correct. Um, and so Garza checks in, he acts like he's checking in on Brendan and Antoinette and like, 
Brendan then asks if everything is okay. And Garza's like kind of putting out in front saying that it is. And so they see who they think is their unsub walk in and it, you know, they're kind of like, okay, be like, have your comp eyes on. And so it turns out that that's a false alarm and the team has to stand down. And so like the night goes on and Garza like kind of, calls over to Cronin or whatever. And he's like, you know, it's seven minutes past the scheduled meet time. Like what's going on? And Cronin's team just finished searching Spencer Gordon's apartment and a personal computer. And like the dark web account that they've been communicating with actually belongs to him. So guards is like, it looks so someone got to him first and like your seller is dead. Like the tech is out and open the office killed. And so just as Garza goes over to Laura, Carter, and Simone telling them like that they're wrapping things up, Simone looks around kind of like evaluating the room and she asks Garza if he's sure about that. And, you know, so they see a suspicious looking guy like walk in with the briefcase that was required, like the exact briefcase. And so they're wondering if this is the murder victim's partner or someone else. And so this guy with the briefcase walks in, goes over to meet Abrams, and he opens the briefcase. We find out that it's empty. And so Cronin, like, tells his team to take this guy. And Garz is like, no, like, if they do, we'll, you know, we'll have nothing. And so Garz is like, let's just follow him. Let's see where he leads. Let's play this out a little bit longer. And so Cronin's like, Matt, it's not your call. Like, you know, and we're gonna take this guy. And so when the suspected like when the unsub um or who they think is the unsub at least sees like you know agents kind of walking over to the table he bolts um but as he's running out of the restaurant simone like puts her foot down and trips him allowing carter to arrest him like while he's down and so you know this guy's under arrest down he's like i don't know what's going on like i was i'm a task a lot worker from the app or whatever and was paid 500 bucks to like come here and wear a pin and so it turns out that the team has just been made because garza's face is like looking into this pin um and so like later on in the episode garza's with the team and like he tells them that they're taking over the case from cronin um because HQ is pissed that like he pulled the trigger too soon. So Carter's like, well, the carrier, the courier, you know, the task lot guy's story checks out. And um, he was used as bait to like suss out if there was law enforcement at the hotel. And so they say that Cart cyber crimes uh, doesn't have, says that there's no way to track the actual unsub on the app. So Laura shares her profile on him. You know, she's like, he's clever, tech savvy. Somehow he figured out that Spencer Gordon was going to steal the satellite R&D and sell it. So it's Spencer out of the picture. The unsub can piggyback off of Spencer's deal. And so Carter and Simone are heading over to the scene of Spencer's murder to like see what they can find. While Garza hands over the pin camera to Brendan and tells him to like get it over to the lab to check the specs for the serial number. And... You know, I mean, everyone's still at the hotel bar. Like, you know, Antoinette's there. She is taking out latex gloves from her purse. And Brendan's like, you know, I do have a lab right here or whatever. And so Brendan, like, questions her and if she really had the gloves in her purse. And she's like, yeah, like, I'm always prepared. What about it? And so she, like, takes her hoop earring out, uses it to disassemble the cam. 
And she's like, I've actually seen this type of can before. And like, there's not a serial number on it. So that's going to make it hard to trace. But it's short range, meaning that the actual unsub was inside of the hotel the entire time. So Brendan's job is to get his hands on the security footage and like find out who was watching them. Um, while Carter and Simone are like at Spencer Gordon's murder scene still. And so it turns out that the cameras at the murder scene were disabled. So like they were there, but just disabled. And the texts found no fingerprints or DNA. So like they really they really have nothing. And we find out that the ME thinks that it was cheese wire that was used to kill Spencer because it was sharp and had to be like industrial strength. Um so Simone like runs it through Vicap and like finds out that there were three other homicides in the last two years that fit that MO. And one was actually like there was three homicides and then one attempted one. And the guy turned it turns out that the guy survived. He was he's currently like in prison serving um a three-year sentence um for armed robbery. So Simone and Carter are like, great, we'll go talk to him. It turns out that his name is Frank Patterson. And they think that he, or they tell him that they think the same person who killed Spencer tried to kill him. And so when he sees a picture of the wound, um, he like grabs his neck and he's like, oh, was the killer arrested? And so they tell him that he can help, if he can help them like catch the guy, um, then, you know, like he could secure a transfer to a facility in state in Florida and suddenly he's listening because he just wants to like do his time and get out of there. And so Frank says that jewelry theft that he did was like flawless and in and out. And when he got to the car, like someone was already in there waiting for him. And so, um, you know, he's like, well, if I, like, I didn't tell anyone any details of my plans and he's like, you know, I was careful. I worked alone. Um, and then the snake gets it all. And Carter's like, they're not a snake, like they're a remora. And so Carter like explains more of what a remora is. And he's like, you know, it's called sucker fish. And like they survive by suctioning on to a host animal, like a shark or whale and feed off of its scraps for its kills. And so Simone breaks down and she's like, you know, putting it into layman's terms. And she's like, so the guy lets a criminal do all the work, then kills him and takes all of like the credit for it. And so, you know, Simone and Carter are like kind of figuring that out while Laura goes back to Brendan and she's like you know how is it going running through the security footage and Brendan's just kind of like pouting in a way he's like I just wish I didn't answer Garza's call like I was having the best night and Laura's like I don't want to hear any more complaints from you and she's like at least your girlfriend is in the same time zone and that like catches Brendan's attention and he's just like Oh, so you and Atlas are trying the long distance thing? And then I I don't know. I did not hear this line last night. He's I like <laughs> I just can't believe that they got away with saying this, like on the 8 p.m. central time, like time slot. <laughs> I don't know. But he's like, Yeah, the phone sex just isn't as good as it is IRL. Like the fact that he was saying IRL, I'm just like, dude, say in real life, but oh my gosh. And he was just like, so serious about it too. Uh-huh. It so funny. 
Yeah. So then Laura like immediately regrets bringing it up to Brendan. And just as she tells him no more talking, he sees something in the footage and he's like, yeah, are you sure about that? So like she walks over to see this video footage and they're like looking at the right, at the guy's right hand, which has a tattoo and like, you know, they're trying to make it out. So they both like turn their heads in sync and her cheek is literally milliliters away from his shoulder. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> I was, I think I was still reeling with the fact that he literally was just like, well, the phone sex isn't as good. I'm like, dude, do you know who you're talking to right now? So, like, it literally all happened at once. And you're live tweeting. And I'm, like, filling out this outline. And I just, like, text you on the side. And I'm, like, do you see them right now? Like, what? <laughs> and, yeah. I Like, I you had I caught the line about the phone sex or whatever. And I caught the sync <laughs> And, yeah, it was. We were just trying to process it all in real time. All while still doing what we needed to do. Yep. <laughs> it was too good. So they see a credit card like gets pulled out or whatever. And Laura's like, I'm calling for a warrant. And so Laura and Brendan walk into Garza's office and tell him that the suspect was watching them from the hotel lobby. Um, and surveillance video caught him buying coffee and a dessert with a credit card. And Garza's is like, great, we've got a name. Um, but not so fast. The guy used a prepaid credit card. So there's no name attached to it, but like he also used the same credit card to rent a share BNB and Echo Park, which I just love that like they use Clip Talk, they use Share BNB, like yeah. they they change the names just a little bit to get mm-hmm. away with it. Um, so Brenson, Simone, and Carter like go to get the suspect, and he's like on the run. And Carter and Simone go to cut him off. The suspect like hops the fence. And Carter, I thought that this was so random and weird, but like Carter like looks over the fence. And instead of like looking over it to like make sure that he's good to hop the fence, he it's almost like he like looks over and he was like gonna talk to the guy. Mm-hmm. But then the guy like gets one in fr- like on him and hits him in the face with his backpack or whatever, knocking Carter down. Mm-hmm. And so suspect got away but like he ended up dropping his phone so they're able to kind of uh tear that apart so everyone's back at the bureau apparently cronin like went tattletailing to the ad and said that they lost the guy because garza didn't call in swat for backup and garza's is like cronin just wants the case back for himself like it's no big deal don't worry about it so the suspect like ended up using a fake name to s- set up the share BNB account, but like so there's no forensic evidence, just a partial palm print. Um, and they're no closer to a positive ID. And so at this point, like they know more about the victims than they do about this unsub. And all four victims are known accomplished thieves for diamond theft, high-end cars, pricey artwork, etc. And Carter's just like, yeah, this guy like preys on his own kind, just like a remora. And Simone's like, stop trying to make that happen. And I feel like you had tweeted this or someone did, yes. like maybe I we retweeted it or something. But I was like, yeah, Mean Girls reference and fetch. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They just, I mean, literally, as soon as she said that, I was like, did they just reference Mean Girls? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Wait wasn't it on feds a few weeks ago where the person like literally got hit by the bus or by the car and like yeah i mean yeah they're just like reference well kind of referencing paralleling mean girls here yeah i mean i'm here for it mean girls was an iconic movie so 
So Simone and him like argue about it. And he's like saying that it's a perfect name for their unsub. And she's like, the metaphor doesn't even make sense. And Laura like backs her up. And Laura and Simone were like on the same team this episode. I love that. Like they were on the same page. So Garza stops arguing because he's just like angry, angry dad figure yeah, in this. Garza like, doesn't have time for this. He's like, just yeah. pre- he's probably just thinking like, everybody shut up and listen to me. Like <laughs> pretty much has stuff to do. So he stops arguing and he's like, you know, hopefully we'll find out the name once this once cybercrime does our magic on his burner cell but like it'll take a while so go home and simone like the next day simone asks if they got anything on the burner cell and the suspects made three and the suspect made three calls on it the first two were to the russian consulate and the china consulate in la um which they're like well you know he if he wanted to get in touch with someone like really high up he wouldn't have used the la consulates um and so the third call was to Rebecca Laramie. And so they're like, okay, who is she? And so Laura's like, you know, the Ramora's used to piggybacking on others' plans, like not creating their own. And, you know, so it makes sense that he would be using someone else. And as soon as Laura says Ramora, uh, we see Carter just kind of smile and smirk. And he's just like so proud. And I just know that Simone was, like, on the side, just, like, rolling her eyes, like, seriously. He's literally, like, as obsessed with that as he is, like, the Bigfoot thing. Yes! Like, dude, just chill. That's that's literally what I thought on my second watch. I was like, this is reminiscent of his obsession with Bigfoot. Well, I think he just likes being right, and then he likes feeling validated that he's right. Yeah. I also feel like he hyperfixates on things. Oh, like definitely. he definitely does. Are you kidding? Yeah. Like, even when he was trying to build his son's model car, he like that's literally all he was yeah. focused on. Even when they were chasing down, you know, their yeah. suspect or whatever, it was nuts. Carter is becoming one of my favorites <laughs> solely just because so he great. is just as chaotic as literally everyone else. So great. So we meet Rebecca Laramie, who is with Sonic Speed Industries, um, and their aerospaces aerospace relativity's largest competitor and so the suspect is trying to sell to their rival and you know the call lasted over seven minutes so they're like well we gotta talk to her and rebecca's like being questioned kind of or talking to garza and laura and she's like i just can't believe this guy was for real like she thought it was todd in accounting and just pranking her and laura doesn't believe that she thought it was a prank she was like well then why would you have been on the phone with him for seven minutes like make that make it make sense here and so Garza gets frustrated and he's like, you know, did the caller try to sell you top secret satellite information from aerospace relativity? And she's like, if I knew that it was real, I wouldn't have taken him up on it. And so she's like, you know, it, it would have gotten me the biggest promotion. And Garza's like, and it would have gotten you a prison sentence too. And so she's like, am I in trouble once she hears that it's espionage? And so they're like, well, we need to know everything that you said to her. And she just says it like it's no big deal. And she's like, yeah, you can listen to the call yourself because the company records all of our calls. Um, And so it turns out that like the suspect requested to meet her in San Pedro. Um, and she like she didn't agree to the meeting, obviously. And so Simone has a theory and she's like, only locals call this place Angel Gate. And she's thinking that maybe he grew up there. 
And so Laura's like, there is a possibility that the unsub has a criminal record. Like he wouldn't have started all of this out of the blue. Um, Simone like starts inputting facts that they know about him and it pulls up with five possible suspects and Carter's like taking a look at them since he had the longest like amount of FaceTime or whatever with the suspect. So Carter like swipes through these pictures and he, you know, he sees one that kind of like he's like yeah this is the this is the guy so they pull up his information his name is trevor basque like he fits the profile and so the team has a hit on facial rep for trevor and they're like we gotta move now so we see trevor like meeting with peter um and it's a last minute thing they're like in this i don't know like a basement or whatever and so trevor's like yeah i gotta get out of the country like i don't really want to do it with my pockets empty or whatever and peter just asks him straight up he's like were you the one that killed the engineer spencer and we cut to the feds like moving to the location so we don't hear any more from peter or um trevor and you know the feds are clearing the scene they're like we don't find anyone um but then simone finds trevor who's dead and it looks like he like fell off of i don't know like a not a cliff but like a I don't know just like a kind like of a, not a land it's not even a landing no landing is no. where you literally land like the a word is escaping me right now a ledge a ledge yeah like a upper level so um the team is analyzing Trevor's death you know and they're like yeah he was double crossed and Simone's like don't say the remora got remora'd and Carter's like I didn't say it, you did like but i mean it's true and brendan just points out that it's a strange way to kill someone like gunshot and strangulation um and so we find out that the shot was meant to immobilize him so and the unsub wanted to take his time and so simone's like yeah it was more about the satellite tech than it she thinks that it was more than the satellite tech like it was a personal kill and just like a personal thing and so trevor and the new unsub have had a history and so they have to tear like his history apart and find who had the most hate for trevor so gars is like back at the bureau and he's got a hit on um this guy's known associates and it if peter mccord is the one that he was meeting um who turns out that he was his cellmate um, while Trevor was in prison, and he's a fence and a known trafficker uh, for high-end items for, like, international clientele. Um, and so then, like, Garza looks at Peter's you know, associates, who um, J- who is Jared Mackey, and he stole a shipment of metal, too. So McCord was Mackey's fence. Um, so, like, after sharing a cell and knowing him, it appears that Trevor like got an idea to follow like McCord's associates around until they perform their jobs and then like kill them and take the stolen goods like for himself. So Trevor like called McCord because he got cocky, figured that McCord wasn't onto his scheme and Trevor needed a big payday. So, but like, it's almost, I mean, McCord did double cross Trevor, right? Because he got wise. He realized that he could get revenge and get a big payday and so it was just like it was kind of like a bait and switch just double cross Mm -hmm. um and so simona carter have eyes on peter 
and they're preparing to get him and like call him for backup and this guy's like on the phone he's like yeah i'm ready to move or whatever and he hears sirens and like immediately runs out meeting carter and then like runs back in um and so carter thinks that simone will run into him but like no the guy's hiding in the shop and starts shooting at carter and so Carter, like, goes to take Peter down, but Peter ends up getting Carter down and, like, pops some of his stitches. And it's a whole fight scene. And then Simone, like, comes in and whacks him in the head with a guitar. Like, the badass that she is. So then, you know, at the end of the episode, Garz is like, yeah, the DoD is pleased to know that their satellite tech is safe and that they're planning on implementing new security protocols. And so, you know, Garz is like, just kind of going on and brendan like goes to walk out and gars is like where are you going and brendan's got a date like he's got his second date with uh antoinette well second technically but first really because they didn't have mm-hmm. that much of a first date yeah so kind of like jenford except i mean not, it's like different though yeah it's yeah. Like different like it's like same same but different you know yeah, yeah. so then brendan's like do you mind like you know can i go and laura just kind of looks over at matt at garza and it's just like come on matt like you know <laughs> let him go yeah she's like his number one supporter i'm like i, I know like, and i was like I mean? like i just like even if they're if they you know don't end up being romantic they're platonic yeah. yeah friendship's great i just i loved how she it, how it was her that was yeah. like come on like let him go <laughs> i mean i i don't know i kind of figured that would be simone but i loved that it was <laughs> laura and so you know that's kind of that um and garza's like is carter back in the hospital like getting researched and um so we'll kind of go from there but like yeah that was it for the case it was just it was a lot like there was three different suspects i feel like that the feds cases are always so convoluted like there's always so many different things going on with them there's just so many people i feel like they have to follow so many leads and then, yeah like- they tracked on one person. Oh, but then they know this person who knows this yeah. thing. And da, 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 da. Like, they're just very intricate. Once again, I feel like Fence needs to be first in the lineup because I don't know. Like, this episode was good and piqued my interest, but I think it was more so for like the second and third storylines. Like, it wasn't more, so, it wasn't for the case. But I feel like that's how a lot of like, first responder like police shows kind of ours like you want to know more about the side storylines than you do about like the main case mm-hmm. yeah so next we have brendan and antoinette state which like i separated from the case stuff just because i mean come on it's brendan acres and antoinette mm-hmm. i mean they're just adorable so yeah so brendan and antoinette are like ready to go on their date you know all excited and brendan was called into work and so antoinette just alludes to them like holding off the date holding off on the date and brendan's like no like it's fine we can still go and he's just gonna talk to garza to see like how long he needs to be there which like oh brendan the minute you said that it was like dude it's it's not gonna happen um and so antoinette's fine with it but like only because she's been dying to wear this dress out and like she looked good she did so Simone like walks out of the elevator she sees the pair like just kind of standing around there and she compliments their outfits and you know asks if they called in the lab techs too 
And Brendan starts to explain. And then Simone's like, oh yeah, like you guys were going on your first date. And Antoinette just looks at Brendan and she's like, you told her? And Brendan, the BFF puppy dog that he is, he's just like, yeah, it's Simone. I tell her everything. And he just kind of like flashes her smile, his smile and everything. And oh my gosh, it was so good. So like as guards is briefing everyone on the case, like he looks over to Antoinette and he's like, what are you doing here? Garza just like did not have time for anything else tonight or anything else in this episode. So then like he remembers and he cuts her off that it's like her and Brendan's first date. And it turns out that Brendan told literally everyone in his unit that he, which I mean, honestly, it doesn't surprise me. I feel like Brendan is definitely the one that will like get excited and just like blab it all to, to, you know, his teammates. So so Simone has Brendan's back and she asks if Garza, if like, you know, he thinks that they'll be able to make their reservation after the case. And Garza's like, probably not. Um, but he does tell Antoinette that like she can join them, like she's part of the FBI and it's a low risk op. And like, you know, he's like, so I can make it happen if that's okay with you. Um, and so Antoinette's like, sure, whatever. And I mean, we probably could have had, like, Brendan and Laura sitting at the hotel bar or table together, but, like, it's fine. Like, not against Brendan and Antoinette. (laughs) So, yeah, so Antoinette's like, yeah, that's fine, like, I'll join or whatever. And she's like, can I have a gun, though? And Gertz is like, he said in a very gray-like response. He was like, no, no. (laughs) And he, like, doubles down on it. Yeah. I just thought that was very Wade Gray of him. Yep. Yeah. So true. And he doesn't fail to mention that the bureau is picking off the tab and he's just like, just enjoy it. Which yeah, like, like that's great for a first date. Like, right? okay. At like a fancy hotel bar. I mean, yeah, you're undercover and having to work, but like sure. Um, so Brendan and Antoinette like walk into the hotel bar later and you know, she's excited. She's like, This is my first undercover operation. And she even feels that like she's in a John LaCara novel probably just butchered that um and he's like you know i love seeing like your sexy spy side and after garza like leaves from quote unquote checking on them antoinette's just like so we're just supposed to sit here and make small talk and brendan's like yeah but you know we can make it fun because he's sunshine and that's why like you know he just tries to make everything fun and kind of take her mind off of it and so he has an idea and he brings up creating elaborate backstories to make the time pass because it's something that he used to do when he was a kid, like acting as an extra on things. So they come up with backstories for each other and they're in French, like they're kind of playing French characters or whatever. And she's the owner of a rival hotel who's scouting the competition. And he's Gustave, the fiery chef day cuisine uh that she's been trying to poach and so they're kind of talking in french but like not it's not completely in french or whatever and so she tells him that like she wants him in her hotel's restaurant of course and they're just like being flirty and cute it was it was cute to see them talk in french because she's french and you know kevin's canadian so yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i know i told my friend Kristen, i was like you really need to like catch up just so you can tell me if the translations on screen are correct <laughs> yeah because like yeah. i don't know french i know zero french 
at all. So if it had not been for those translations, I would have been so lost. Yeah, I was going to say, I was reading the translations and subtitles because, yeah. Um, so Brent, so after Garza gives Brendan the task of like going through the security footage or whatever, Antoinette's just like, yeah, that was the oddest first day ever. And so he apologizes and like looks over to Laura, who's just like standing there awkwardly and tells him to meet her in the security office. And she's just like, okay, so meet me in the security office. Bye. Like I, yeah, like I'm getting out of here. And Brendan and Antoinette are flirting a little bit more after Laura leaves and like they continue their fantasy or whatever. And she's like, yeah, my character was supposed to like seduce you, uh, seduce your character into like a torrid affair in the kitchen. And so like they kind of leave it there or whatever. And so later in the episode, Brendan like stops by the lab and Antoinette's busy looking at something. And she doesn't really like greet him in the way that like he thought she would or like he was expecting and he's just like or you know she's like well you're interrupting my workflow and and he's like yeah for a good reason though like I would like to reset our first date and he's like you know I'm thinking tonight we could do like Spanish food followed by a romantic starlight stroll at the observatory and like do some dancing at the Warwick and she's like that's ambitious and impressive and she's like you know is it a gamble though like with an active case in your unpredictable hours and he's like maybe but i'm betting on us and she's in and like he's just like flashing his smile like yeah it's just, it's adorable with them and so and then an episode antoinette's like waiting for brendan and you know she's like you know i thought you were gonna choose your job over me again and he's just like he's trying to say the plans but then she gets called and she has a rush job on her plate now and their date is going to have to wait. So it just keeps getting like rescheduled and he hugs her goodbye. And like, we see her in the lab, like after or whatever. And she's like sad that she couldn't go on the date. And before she knows that he walks in speaking French and they're like continuing their fantasy. And he's like, you know, I'll order food. Like this will be a makeup date. And that's kind of where we leave off with them. They reminded me of Balin and that they could not, they could not have a date. Yeah. Like even Balin in 513 could not have a normal quiet night, like a yeah. normal quiet date. Yeah. Well, and it kind of reminded me a little bit of Chenford just because of like the, you know, oh, were you going to choose your job over me? That kind of thing. And I was like, yes. okay, like I get it, but also. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Brendan and Antoinette, like. I love Brenson. I do. I ship yeah, them. But, but like Brendan cute. and Antoinette are growing on me for they're sure. Cute. I like them they a are. lot. I just, yeah, they work. I don't know. I'm just kind of hoping that like they have one good date to where it's not like in a few episodes or whatever that they break them up and they're like, oh, well, we just couldn't have one date. Like this just was yeah. never going to work. Well, because then I feel like if, like, they did break up, that would be so awkward for them. Because Brendan was already so awkward and he thought, like, Antoinette had read the, you know, the uh, excerpt about his ex's tell-all. Yeah. Or, like, like, Antoinette and Carter were dating or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. They have a whole season now. A full season for Fed. So, I don't know. (laughs) So, they're on episode 13. So, they've got, like, seven episodes left. Mm-hmm. 
Which is so crazy. Like, I can't believe that we're like more than halfway through the season. I know. I feel like it just started. I don't want it to end. Me either. And we're on such a good like roll with episodes that I'm like, surely they cannot keep up until May. But I don't know. Let's see. So 14. Yeah, I know. There's going to be a break somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be a break. Because if they continue every week until now, uh, um, until episode 22, like they end in April and they usually end in May. So there's going to be a break somewhere in there. Who knows for how long. But like, that'll be fine. That'll be fine. Um, But I mean, like they're pretty ahead on filming. So if there is a break, it wouldn't be like they're doing it to like catch up on episodes so yeah but that's about it for brendan and antoinette i mean i just loved that like laura was still involved in it (laughs) yeah she's kind of just like a little bit of a third wheel but then also at the same time though you have brendan who is literally like the bromance with mark is so strong that like he's their third wheel so it kind of works I literally love that they're each other's third wheels. It's hilarious to me. And like Laura kind of makes it like awkward, but I think that's just her personality. <laughs> Whereas Brendan just like immerses himself into it. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's just, it's like so a little good. bit clingy. She's a little bit awkward and they're just yeah. they just crack me up. Yeah. I I could watch a whole spin-off of Brendan and Laura. <laughs> <laughs> especially if they had more of the interview ones because like i kid you not i'm still thinking about laura's like freak out from last week's episode it was so funny i just like i can't it's we we were truly robbed of a brendan and laura true crime interview like just once just once that's all we needed yeah Yeah. so next we have carter and his dating life which like this was this i think was one of the best storylines yeah, this might have been my favorite. <laughs> Literally same. I don't know how James says these lines. I know that you had like texted me that or whatever, I tweeted did. that. Yeah, but... I, I still don't know. This is why I could never be an actor because like I was like laughing like for a solid 60 seconds just mm-hmm. at the one line from the sneak peek even. So it wasn't yeah. even, like it was a surprise, but it was just still so funny. It was so good. So he's like sitting at his desk looking at his phone and Laura like walks by asking him what's up. And he just mentions that he set up a profile on Clipmates, which I like that it's Clipmates. Like, is it an offshoot of Clip Talk? Um, And so Laura's kind of like shocked that he's finally dipping his toes into the dating pool. And Carter's kind of like down on himself. He's like, you know, it's been a week and I haven't really gotten a message back. And Laura's like, statistically that's impossible and the apps have bots designed to like bombard newcomers with attention so they feel welcomed and she like goes into this whole thing about like the algorithm and the apps programming and like i don't know i'm like laura you've definitely been on these dating apps before so laura like takes carter's phone and you know he's like she she asks like what he's doing wrong or whatever and we see his profile picture I'm sorry, but I could not help but laugh when I saw it. I was like, that is such a Carter picture. Like, you know that he took that on a whim like, yeah. at his desk or whatever. Uh-huh. And I was just like, 
this this is so good I, yeah, from I was that like, moment you think on he, he took it out of his desk but then yet he was so just like well i can't put i'm an fbi agent in my bio and someone's like yeah. why the heck not so, yeah and he's just kind of a walking contradiction in this episode yeah well and like he couldn't like in that picture it was like he didn't like try different angles or whatever it was like he took yeah. one picture he was like i'm good that's <laughs> it like yeah. <laughs> it was so funny yeah. The, from the moment that I saw that picture, I was like, oh, this is going to be a funny storyline. Like, I just know it already. So Laura's like, there's so many things wrong with us. And so then Simone like comes in and she's like, I got to get in on this tea or whatever. And she's like, who are you trying to like, who are you trying to attract women who are hot for serial killers? And so Carter and Simone, like later in the episode when they're doing the undercover op are sitting at the table in the hotel bar. And Simone tells Carter, she's like, you know, this lighting is great. Like, let me get your glow up photo. And she wants his phone. And he doesn't even argue because he just knows that, like, she won't let up until she gets his phone. Until she gets his phone. And so Simone's, like, trying to take the picture. And she's not getting the one that she wants. And she's like, Carter, less axe murder, more leading man. And so then Laura, like, walks up. And she's like, you know, I'm thinking the real issue is your bio. Like, you know, you have to play to your strengths and like maybe put your job title in there. And he's like, that's a hard no. Like, I'm not putting that I'm an FBI agent in there. And so Simone's like, why? Women love men with a badge. And she's like, whatever, I'll put it in. And then we like later on or whatever, we see that Carter's phone has been blowing up. And Laura and Simone want to see his profile matches because according to Laura, they he wouldn't have any if it wasn't for them which like she's not wrong and he's like fine but no messaging back and they start going through them they're like nope this one's not a match this one's not good and then they come across one and they're like oh she's a possibility and this was the sneak peek and carter's carter like reads the message and he and it says arrest me daddy (laughs) again i'm surprised that they got away with this (laughs) And Laura's expression is great. And Simone's like all happy, but Carter's like, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not messaging back. And Laura's like, come on, Carter. Like, we all know that you've used cuffs before. And Simone's like, oh, okay, Laura. Like, all right. And I'm just like, we need more of this trio right here. Like, please. I need them to like consult Carter on like first date, like, do's and don'ts (laughs) and i just i need it i need it because simone knows like what women think too right because she's Mm -hmm. you know dated women too before but it would just be funny to see carter like completely get into his mind and like hyper fixate on this and like spiral out of control over it and laura and simone be like no okay so this is what you need to do and carter tries it and like it either totally like impresses the woman or it like sets them off mm-hmm. but like later you know after um the first kind of dispute with the suspect carter gets stitched up from trying to get the suspect and you know can't believe that it happened to him and it kind of reminded me of lucy last episode when she was claiming that or no not last episode but the episode before when she was claiming that like she um you know lost the earrings or whatever and so simone's like trying to cheer him up by looking at his dating profile and she's like you've got 35 new messages and he's just like 
it's superficial though. Like, what does it mean that they liked my profile? And someone's like, it means that women want to go out with you. Like, what are you doing here? And again, like he's just getting so into his head about this that it's it's so interesting because like, I don't know. I feel like women get more into their heads about like guys texting them and everything like that. That it's just kind of like, it's interesting to see a male get into yeah. his head about that. Yeah, like from his perspective. Yeah. So then we see Carter's phone and like, I don't know. I picked up on this on my second watch and I noticed that there was a little goof there because his phone says 2.01 a.m. But weren't they interviewing Frank at 2 a.m.? I thought that they were. Oh, really? Yeah, because I thought Frank was like, it's 2 a.m. This better be good. Oh, and like yeah, they I... were called in late the night before. Or the night of. So I'm just like, okay. So there's a goof right there. I don't know. I just saw that and I was like huh that's interesting mm-hmm. yeah so then he tells her that like he doesn't remember dating being so complicated he's like I actually don't even remember dating at all because I was married for so long and he's like you know I'm an analog dater like in a digital world and he's just like you know maybe it's just easier if I'm alone and someone's like okay well you're just talking crazy now so then like the nurse comes up and it's Jasmine's daughter who from like a few who was in a few episodes ago um and her daughter was in or her mom was in county jail and so like she was the one that offered him the strip club tickets or whatever and so fortune like apologizes for the delay and she's like you know work capacity tonight with heat related illnesses accidents from downed power all that which like it's nice to see that the heat wave carried over into feds yeah yeah I just because I think because they had the opportunity to do like to do that since they had this yeah. other series. Yeah. Um, but and I liked how like it wasn't the main focus, like it was just a little like mention of it. Mm-hmm. And so Simone like introduces herself and like asks how they know each other because like you know, they're kind of giving each other like looks or just kind of more comfortable with each other. And so, you know, she she introduces herself or whatever and Carter's like good to go. She's like, you know, I'm just gonna rewrap it to be safe. And so Simone takes a call. Um, and it's Cuddy on the other line. And um, you know, like Simone goes back to see Jasmine's daughter Fortune flirting with Carter, and Simone's all happy. She's like, Great, we can like delete the dating app now. And Carter's like, What do you mean? And Simone's like, you didn't realize that fortune's into you and he's like what that's ridiculous like she was just being nice and at the end of the episode carter's like back in the hospital getting restitched and it turns out that he asked for fortune specifically and he's like do you always work nights and you know she kind of tells him a schedule or her schedule or whatever and he just like asks her out in the most awkward way ever and he's like, I'm sorry, I just haven't done this in almost 20 years, but like, you know, I'm trying here. And she's like, yeah, you're just like out of practice or whatever. And so she tells him to try again and she ends up accepting a date with him. So Carter got, Carter's got a date. Yep. I, I honestly wonder how that will go though, because like he <laughs> knows her mom so well, which yeah. isn't a bad thing, but like he put her mom in jail. So yeah. 
that'll be interesting but i'm mm-hmm. sure that we'll get to see it hopefully we do so plus i just need to know if simone's gonna ask him about it and then he's gonna be like i'm not talking about it like yeah. i just i need more of that banter too so yeah. this is a personal life free zone yeah 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 basically yeah for sure um so that's kind of it on the carter stuff we do have a little bit about simone's daughter well not a little bit it was like another side storyline there were just a lot of things going on in this week's episodes of the rookie and the rookie feds mm-hmm. like a lot yeah um which keeps it interesting but it's also like this is a lot to like pay attention to so right. simone's daughter is back um but we see like how do you putting on some music and like someone's getting ready for like the last minute assignment or whatever and the door opens and we see billy um and she's like you know it was a spur of the moment trip but cuddy doesn't buy it he's like yeah there's something that's wrong and the door opens again and taylor walks in and so billy introduces him as a friend from berkeley and someone's like yeah i've heard about taylor but i thought she was a girl and it's all awkward and everything and Simone like breaks the silence with him like asking him what he's studying at cal and he's just like, oh, I'm not in school. I just live near the campus for the vibes. And Simone's like, okay, that's a little weird, but whatever. And Billy tries to smooth everything over. And she's like, yeah, I had a couple of days off from school. So I thought, like, why not take a road trip? In Taylor's van slash his house. Because that's where he lives. And so Cuddy's like, so you just sleep in your van and, you know, proceeds to say, well, that's good. Because you're not sleeping here. Cuddy in this storyline was a whole mood. That was my favorite line that he said. He's like, good, because you're not sleeping here. Yeah. Cuddy was just, he was such an adorable, like, grandfather, like, kind of pseudo-father figure to Billy. Like, not pseudo-father, but almost just, like, you need a male role model in your life. Like, I'm here. And so Billy just, like, asks Simone to, like, help advocate for Taylor and, like, get him in the house. But Simone's like, it's grandpa's house grandpa's rules and so before simone leaves she tells cuddy to like be nice um and so cuddy calls simone well like you know she's in the hospital with carter and he's just like i'm keeping an eye on the door to keep billy from sneaking out to taylor's van and it's 2 a.m and this man is up and he's just like wide awake and Simone's like, Billy will make mistakes and learn. And she's got a good head on her shoulders. Like, she has to make mistakes to learn. Like, she'll be fine. And Simone's like, the teenage brain, like, thrives off of rebellion. And Simone's like, I'm using reverse psychology on her. Um, you know, basically, if I like Taylor so much, then Billy won't like him. And Cuddy just tells Simone that, like, he tries to, like, kind of play it back. And he's like... Yeah, Taylor's a young man who's just trying to find himself, but like he's trying to date Billy, which means he's got to go. That was one of my, that was my favorite line of Cuddy's. I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, he's so <laughs> protective. I love it. Yes. So then, like the next morning, you know, Simone's getting her coffee. Cuddy comes in, like asking about the case. Like, you know, he's like, oh, you you've got to go to work or whatever. And he's like, what about the case of the man in the van? And Simone's like, just follow my lead. And Billy walks in and, you know, Simone asks where Taylor is and, you know, he's in his van still or whatever. And Simone, like, gives Cuddy a look and, you know, he tells Billy that, like, Taylor should be commended for being so eco-friendly and all of the money that he's saving by living in his van on Bill's 
like on builds and real responsibilities. And Simone's just like face palming as Cuddy just keeps talking, like putting his foot further in his mouth. And Cuddy's even like, Taylor might be the one. And Billy immediately catches on and she's like, you hate him. Like, you know, I know, I know that's what's going on. And Billy tells them that like Taylor was there for her during the hardest semester for her. And, you know, she's like, he loves and supports me and like makes me so happy. And Simone's happy that Taylor's been there for her, but she's like, you know, he's got nothing going on for his life or whatever. And Billy brings up that like Simone wouldn't know that because she's barely spoken to him. And so, you know, Billy tells her that like when she was a guidance counselor, she saw the best in everyone. And now that she's fed, she only sees the worst. And so Simone's like, that's not true. And like, she goes to Cuddy for backup. It reminded me of like when siblings fight and they try and like use a parent like to back them up or whatever. And he's like, well, that's not entirely true, but it's also not false either. And I was like, well, yeah, if anyone would know that, that would be Cuddy like the most because Cuddy's had instances where, you know, Simone's like thought that the guy that he was working with or had in his like circle was bad or whatever. Um, And so Billy's like, I got to go because this is upsetting me. And, you know, Billy is like, I won't be here when you get home um, to Simone. And so as Simone's like walking into the bureau with Brendan, she asks him like, if she's changed and he's like, he's all confused. And he's like, no, but you're better. And she's like, no, like, I think it's made me judgmental and biased. And like, that's not who I am. And so Brendan just like shares that he feels the same way sometimes. And, you know, she tells him that like, they can't let the chef change them and that they have to hold each other accountable like they did at Quantico. And then like, they do their fun little handshake and it's just, it's adorable. I love their dynamic. So then, like, Simone, like, gets home and tells Cuddy that, like, he spent all day trying to call Billy and trying to get her to come home. And she's like, thanks. Like, you know, I'm going to try and call her now. But Billy ends up, you know, being at home. And so Simone apologizes. And they kind of hash it out. And Simone's like, you know, if Taylor ever treats you bad, like, you know who to call. And Billy's like, yeah, I'll call Cuddy because you're a little much sometimes. And Billy also just apologizes about her attitude and, you know, she's, they, they come to a compromise about a couple of things. And so Billy like leaves to go back to school with Taylor. And, you know, as she leaves, Simone just asks Cuddy if parenting ever gets easier. And Cuddy's like, do you want the truth or do you just want me to tell you what will make you feel better? And she's like, what will make me feel better? Um, So that's kind of it where we leave off with that's, Mm-hmm. it was good it was yeah. a good episode mm-hmm. i liked how they like focused on the case of course but like they also made it a point to focus on the personal stuff like roping yeah. in brendan and antoinette's flirting with like the case stuff kind of you know like in between mm-hmm. but yeah so we don't have any listener thoughts for rookie feds which is fine i mean there was a lot but yeah so i think with that i mean we don't have any other notes i think i think we're all talked out tonight Mm -hmm. um but yeah so if you guys want you can find us on twitter at the shop talk pod underscore or email us at shop talk the rookie podcast at gmail.com with all of your thoughts you can find us individually on twitter as well i'm at jstark804 and i'm at care hammond 
And we're also on TikTok at the Shop Talk Podcast underscore. Um, the handle is a little bit different there, but you know, it's all fun and fun stuff over there. Um, we also have a tea public store if you want merch. Um, I need to kind of get on the merch game. Um, I know T Public is having a sale, I believe, this week or this weekend. Um, so that's fun. And if you liked this episode, which we really hope you do, um, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps out the podcast and helps other fans find us. Um, And yeah, next week we'll be back covering a new episode of five of the rookie and rookie feds. Bye everyone. Bye guys. Go get them, boo.